When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I believed in his in his sexiness. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Yeah, no, I, I know we have some big changes in the secondary. I believe, you know, one of the critical things was, you know, not only is Anthony Harris a great football player for us uh, and great in the community, uh, but by us being able to franchise Anthony, we do have the safeties pretty well set, um, knowing that we're going to have a lot of young corners that we're going to have to line up and play with. A lot of it will come from the draft. Um, I know a lot of it will come from, you know, we're not going to be done building this roster after the draft. Um, there, you know, we've talked with some teams already. There's still some after the draft. I think you'll be able to potentially fill some needs with some, you know, minor trades maybe. Uh, there's still some guys that are available out there in free agency that you'll look at. So once this draft is over, we're going to continue to add and build to this roster. That was the annual Rick Spielman lays his cards on the table session 48 hours before the NFL draft press conference. And we will get into one of our favorite annual games, Smokescreen or No, shortly here as it pertains to not only Rick Spielman's comment today, but also a couple interesting reports about the Vikings and some activity, some potential reckless speculation that we can parse apart. Reckless speculation. But gentlemen, Mackie and Joe with Rami here in the TCL studios. Rami in quarantine studio Q down the hallway. By the way, I thought I was the only one using this studio. Derek Wetmore uses it once in a and while. He told me there was somebody in here before him. Now I don't feel safe, gentlemen. Now I don't feel safe. Who was in there before and you? I, I have no idea. Was, was it Declan in there before Derek? Somebody not from our station is all I was told. Really? Go to the security footage. My mom was just expressing concern to me yesterday about us actually coming into the building. I said, Mom, nothing to worry about. I barely come in contact with anyone. I'm the only person using that studio. Totally Mm -hmm. safe. Totally fine. Mm -hmm. Only to find out that is not the case. I lied to my mom. You guys not only put me in harm's way, but made me lie to my mother. Mm. Now, I'm questioning Rami's motives here. Wow. Is Is this him concerned about his own safety and health, or is this him just wanting his own studio? His ego's gotten the Can hold the of him. Can the answer be he yes? He now wants his own studio, and he's irritated by other people using his his studio. Can the answer just be yes <laughs> to sure. both of those? All right? Sure, good. I'm a transparent dude. Just questioning your motives here. I'm glad that now Rami's cards, in addition to Rick Spielman's, are all on the table now. <laughs> we can move forward here. But we start the show off today with breaking news.
Gentlemen, Rob Gronkowski is back. He will play tight end for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after a trade. That's right, he's still under contract with the Patriots. After a trade that sends Rob Gronkowski and a seventh-round pick from New England to Tampa Bay for a fourth-round pick, Tom Brady gets his man, Rob Gronkowski, who is also... I haven't heard otherwise. The twenty four seven champion in the WWE. Right is he now. still right now? Mackie is the only one on the show who would hear otherwise. So if you haven't heard otherwise, I have not heard. Somebody's otherwise. heard otherwise. I tweeted this: the two thousand twenty Tampa Bay Buccaneers just looked at the two thousand nine Vikings and said, "Hold my beer." <laughs> you you know what? That's cute. You got Favre. You know all your moves. Very very cute. But we now have Brady and Gronk. And here's my question about Gronk: Man. Are the Bucks getting? Gronk or skinny Gronk? Well, right now they'd be getting skinny Gronk, but he's got several months to get back. Is he going to get the big Gronk? Big Gronk here, okay? Because, well, I mean, you saw him on. You saw the clips of him at WrestleMania a couple weeks ago. No, I that actually, dude, no, I, I'm sorry, I missed. Him. Oh man, I missed him completely. Sorry, Rami, I missed him completely. Here, let me. I'll find some pictures and pop <laughs> them up on you, the Jeff. video chat here. Oh, you, from the sir. balcony, he was ready to go. Look at this. We're going to get pictures on the show. This is going to be great. I'm going to find you a picture, Rob Gronkowski, okay. WrestleMania. All right. He does not look at all. Like a guy that would be stepping onto a football field next month, but he doesn't have to step onto a football field next month. Okay, he might not have to step onto a football field in September, not to be Buzz Killington. But your thoughts on Rob Gronkowski joining what was already a mass stable of weapons in Tampa Bay, gentlemen? Rami, the first thing that ran through my head was: Does everybody hate Bill Belichick? Like, is it is this all? <laughs> no, seriously, because this could be one of two things. This could be Gronk wants to come back and play, and he just loves Tom Brady so much and sees the opportunity to go there and win, so he's going to go to Tampa Bay and play with Tom Brady. Or this could be two guys who want to go somewhere and show that I don't need Bill Belichick to win. Like That that was a lot of the speculation when Brady made the decision. Now you have two of the major players of the Bill Belichick Patriots both going down the coast to Tampa Bay to try and win a Super Bowl without Bill Belichick. Yeah. Is, it, is this is this to prove something, or is this just just Gronk wanted to play with Tom Brady and wanted a, a, a place where he could go and win? Because I don't think anybody doubted it was a real possibility that Gronk could come back. And people were throwing out Tampa Bay as soon as Tom Brady went there, but I would have thought he would have come back for the New England Patriots. He is not coming back for the New England Patriots. He's coming back to play with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Is this to stick it to Bill Belichick was the first thing that I thought. So I I did see in my brief uh, preparation for this topic before the show started, I did see a tweet saying that Gronk is now confirming the report from a year ago or more that he was going to be packaged in a deal to the Lions from the Patriots and that he basically said, I'm retiring before I do that. So I would so so adding the list of players in their prime who are Hall of Fame caliber that said they don't want to play for the Lions. Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, Rob Gronkowski. Who would go? Who would actually say, you know what? Hall of Fame career. I'm a really good player. Where do I want to go? The Detroit Lions. I can't blame them. But yeah, I think that this comes down to a lot of guys who, who probably think to themselves, okay, I'm going to play football in Tampa, Florida. It's nice. I don't have to play in the driving rainstorms and sleet of uh, Foxborough, Massachusetts, and I get to get away from Bill Belichick. Yeah. And I've got rings. I can't find a photo of Skinny Gronk, by the way, because when he won the 24-7 championship, he had like a camouflage long sleeve shirt on, and like it just... Skinny it, Gronk yeah. is Skinny Gronk, though. I mean, that guy's got to get bigger to get back to where he was. Is there a chance Vince McMahon could be in on this, saying, all right, well, if I'm going to have... If, if we're going to shut me down from doing, you know, audience events, then I'm going to put the 24-7 championship 
on NBC on a Sunday night game between the Buccaneers Mackie, and the Saints. If you just Google Skinny Gronkowski, I just did it. Not on oh, the computer pop. where I can share it, but if if you if you just Google Skinny Gronkowski, there's actually side by sides of Buff Gronkowski and Here, Skinny Gronkowski. Just, oh, there we go. Okay, yeah. I'm going to pop this up because right, uh, if you want to follow us video chat, just uh, go to Score North Twitter, Facebook, or Twitch, and you can see. Oh man. Yeah, this is. Hold on a second here. Let me just open this image for you. This is great for radio. I know. <laughs> Judd, calm down. It's coming. It is. It's jarring when you see it side by side. All right. It is absolutely jarring when I'm looking at right here. Okay. Oh, look at that. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's worse than I thought. <laughs> He's emaciated, and his 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 oh, head my is goodness. huge. His head was the right size for his yes, great. His, his buff body, but once he got all skinny and sort of wasted away, his head is oh. way too big for his frame. You know what though? Like these dudes can put on. I, mean, I was actually kidding. I was actually talking to our guy Alex Boone last weekend, who has been how's he how doing, is Booney? Yeah, he's he's doing well. He's good. there's there's still like the comeback thing is still is he in still play. talking to teams. He is okay. Yep, good. And uh, and I think he'll probably know more after the draft once like team needs are met and things like this, but. But he was telling me, I was like, how do you put on like 30 pounds? He goes, dude, I mean, t- it literally takes me like two weeks. I just eat everything and work out. Yeah, he told us, remember he told us his regimen? Like a dozen yeah. eggs in the morning, three Chipotle burritos for lunch, and then I for, like three steak or, yeah, three steaks and I think four yeah. baked potatoes. That's for also dinner. my quarantine diet say, right now. <laughs> in quarantine, it does not take that much to gain thirty quickly. I'll tell you what. But thirty six good surly, pounds. Six but. surlies per night, uh about three helpings of mac and cheese, it goes on quick. Mm, so, so what Rankowski. happens? So here here's the question to Phil's point. What happens? So if Gronk holds this title, this mythical title, into the season. If I play defense for an opposing team, could I announce and get a referee? Well, heck, I got him. Could I pursue that title in game? Those aren't sanctioned WWE referees, okay? Sean Hockey Lee, I okay, don't think I is allowed to count to side, three. Could I get one on the sideline yeah, pass? I would if 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 I was a fellow NFL player, I would hire a, a WWE referee, have him dressed in plain clothes on the sidelines with like a sideline pass around his neck. He could be a fake camera guy. You see that exactly. Sometimes. And then I tackle him. I hook the leg, Judd, and the ref runs off the sidelines, rips off the shirt. There's a referee shirt under there. And one, two, three. I'm 24-7 champ. You remember how WWE used to do halftime, whatever it was? Halftime heat. They're going to do that because the game, the Super Bowl is in Tampa. I've already had to write that down that the Buccaneers will play in Tampa during the Super Bowl. Halftime Heat is the Super Bowl halftime show. 24-7 titles on the line. Can you imagine Gronk being like, listen, I'm contractually obligated to the Buccaneers and to Vince McMahon. So, I, guys, I'll just be, I'm, I'm going to miss the halftime adjustments. I got to go fight Triple H in the Hell in a Cell match here. You know what? Just don't mind me. There's a fighting chance Bruce Arians... Would be like, yeah, okay, whatever, cool. cool. Yeah, that, that's great. Gronk. Sounds good. Phil Jackson Go would say, yeah, for do. sure. Whatever you need to do to get your mind right to help yeah, us right, in the second it. half. You thought a WrestleMania Triple H entrance was obnoxious? Wait till he gets to the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's not Sean Hockey Lee. It's Bill Belichick in a referee's. By God, <laughs> it's ridiculous. So Rob Gronkowski mm. back in the NFL. And uh, 
all things have been reported to say that it, it's it, the physical is done and everything is happening for Agronkowski. So that brings us, gentlemen. You guys think though this is about sticking it to Belichick for both those guys? Yes. Does this further reinforce sure. that? Absolutely. Well, I don't know for I don't think for Gronk it's about sticking it to Belichick. I think he just didn't like. For him, he was banged up. He was rich, and he just didn't want to take any of Belichick's crap anymore because yeah. It probably sucks playing for Bill but Belichick. It's, it's Brady getting his friend Gronk to do something based on the fact that Brady, I think, so badly wants to stick it to Belichick. So it all makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Like, put it this way. If you're rich and your line of profession beats you up every single week. Yep. And you hate the coach that you play for. Yep. Like, and you can go make money doing a bunch of other things like throwing parties and, and wrestling for the WWE. Yes. I don't blame him. And Bruce Arians comes along and he's like, hey, listen, like, I've got demands, but I'm not Bill Belichick. And your guy Tom Brady is here. If the last, makes sense. If the last dance is going to teach us one thing, it's that the greatest athletes of all time are also the most petty. I mean, Jordan's going to end up being incredibly petty and and seeking revenge at every turn. And part of that is what makes him so great. Yeah. And I guarantee you, Tom Brady... Is is a guy who's petty and will look for revenge at every turn. And Brady, and the, here's the weird thing: is the great. Think about this one. Think about how often the greats concoct stories in their mind that don't exist about people who doubt them. Like they make stuff up. It's BS. I it's, do it all the time. It's <laughs> it's complete BS. Rami, what's the last one yeah. you made up to motivate? Come on, yourself? Rami, tell us. That Judd wants that noon to two slot, and he just can't have it. He just can't have it. It's you won't so, push me out, it's Judd. It's so bad. You won't push me out. It's so bad that at 9 a.m. this morning, I sent somebody of questionable health into the studio in which you are right now. <laughs> trying to take tell, me out. I didn't tell anybody. Oh, yeah, there's coronavirus testing. Zolgad wants to take hallway, me out. The left. last time I saw them, they were hacking. I'm not going anywhere, Zolgad, all right? It's my time slot. <laughs> Just cough on the left arm of that chair. <laughs> Thanks, Rick. But gentlemen, it is time now, and we can if we don't get to all of these right now, there will be bonus smoke screen later in the show. We have Doogie coming up at five o'clock with Vikings information, but every year, forty eight hours before the NFL draft, Rick Spielman usually gets up in front of a podium with assembled media. Today it was, I believe, on a Zoom call a couple hours ago. And he lays all of his cards on the table. He opens his book to the media, to other teams, and says, come get it. Would you guys be shocked to find out that Rick Spielman has already taken a couple phone calls from teams looking to trade? Just saying. You don't get open books like that. Give me that the good stuff. On the NFL. Give me the good so, stuff. The game is smokescreen or reality, okay? It's an annual game we play on the eve of the NFL draft. Jonathan, let's play this clip about Rick Spielman talking about safeties, defensive needs, et cetera, heading into the draft? Yeah, no, I, I know we have some big changes in the secondary. I believe, you know, one of the critical things was, you know, not only is Anthony Harris a great football player for us uh, and great in the community, uh, but by us being able to franchise Anthony, we do have the safeties pretty well set, uh, knowing that we're going to have a lot of young corners that we're going to have to line up and play with. All right, Rick Spielman saying, We've got the safety spot set now that Anthony Harris has been franchised. Is it a smokescreen or do you do you buy him at face value, Rami? <laughs> I'm going to say 
I'm going to say I I buy him at face value. You think they're one. keeping Anthony Harris? I think they're keeping Anthony Harris when because you don't. I think that what they've what they've told Anthony Harris is look we're we're going to take care of you. Our salary cap situation is it's a little sticky right now. We don't have a lot of room. Let us get the draft over with. Let us figure out what money we have left. We will give you as much guaranteed money as we can this year, and then we'll take care of you next year. I think that's what they've told Anthony Harris. I think that's what this whole waiting game is. It's the only thing that makes sense. Well, that or they're going to trade him on draft day. One of those two things are the only two things that make sense because it would be a really bad look right now, guys, to rescind that franchise offer after the entire first wave of free agency has come and gone, and then you throw this guy back out into the free agent waters. That is that is one of the worst looks that you can have as an NFL franchise. They're not going to do that to Anthony Harris. I think that there is an agreement in place, and that's why he's saying that they're all set at the safety position. Judd? The Vikings want you and me and Jonathan, Rami, all you listeners, and more importantly, all the teams in the National Football League, <laughs> to know that Anthony Harris, the Vikings have no intention of trading him. They love him. They love him like he's their son. But if you come get him, if you come get him, and I think we'll get to this with Stefan Diggs, business decision has to be made. You know, if you want to offer up a lot, if you're going to give me a third-round pick, i got to listen. So i got to listen. But at this point in time, there is no intention of trading a player who the Vikings value greatly. And the Vikings would like to again say they have no intention of trading him until they do. So it is 100% a smokescreen. Can you play the clip one more time, Jonathan? And you'll uh, there's, he, there's one word he used in this quote talking about Anthony Harris that, that, that makes it 100% a smokescreen. We have no intentions of trading yeah. Anthony Harris. <laughs> in fact, you should read the rest of these in the Pinocchio voice. All right, John, let's play this. Yeah, no, I, I know we have some big changes in the secondary. I believe, you know, one of the critical things was, you know, not only is Anthony Harris a great football player for us uh, and great in the community. Right uh, there. By us right there. Okay. The great in the community. Great in the community. He's in the Listen, community. He's, he's a great football player for us. He's great in the community. Well, he's, he is great in the community. I'm not mocking the fact that he's great in the community. Right. He's great in the community. He's great. He's a great family man, and I'll tell you what—he uh, he's just got a great sense of humor. You you you'll love him out there in Jackson. I mean, he's our safety. Yep. Like the going the extra step and saying he's great in the community yep. is a way of telling the other teams, hey, in addition to being a great football player, he's just a great human being that you definitely want to trade for. That's how I took that sentence to be. So I think I'm not saying that they for sure wind up trading him, but I think the Vikings are absolutely open for business with Anthony. Get to the dig stuff and that will tell you exactly how much they they will not trade Anthony Harris. Okay, so this is there's a couple clips here. We're going to play a couple of them. And the question is, is it a smokescreen or are you buying Rick Spielman at face value here? You know, we had no, we did not want to had no intention of trading uh, digs at the uh, at the combine. Uh, he's a great player for us. Uh, he was great in the community. Uh, but then there was an opportunity, wow. business opportunity. Can I change my last answer? So great in the community. was good for us. Uh, you know who else was great in the community? Those draft picks the Vikings traded for Jared Allen in 2008. <laughs> All those picks were great in the community. Oh they were amazing. Oh, so, so great. Good. So good. <laughs> 
If All I'm right. a player on the Vikings right now and Rick Spielman's talking about me and he says I'm great in the community, I'm immediately packing up everything I have at home and getting <laughs> yeah. ready to move. All right. Here's more Rick Spielman. You know, uh, a lot of things, I, I won't get into last year, but I know how we felt about uh, Stefan and what a playmaker he was for us. Um and I, I'm going to leave all those internal discussions uh, in-house. Uh, it just came to a point, I think, where the draft capital we were able to get for him uh, was a good the business decision for us, and it was also a good business decision for him. All right, smoke screen or reality, draft capital being the driving force behind a Stefan Diggs trade. No, it's complete. It's a complete smokescreen. They had to trade him. I mean, they they didn't have to. They determined that they had to. Uh, but like making it sound like, well, we had no one. He's basically trying to say, I lied to you in February at the combine. But here's why I didn't lie. But he did lie. And and the new code term, great in the community, might be my favorite one. Uh, total smokescreen as to something that they were essentially in their minds forced to do. Yeah, that's a smokescreen for sure. They were definitely shopping Stefan Diggs yeah. at the Combine. There's not a doubt in my mind that they were shopping Stefan Diggs at the Combine, or at least listening very intently to offers at the Combine for Stefan Diggs, knowing that this thing was getting worse and could very well come to a head. And so, yeah, they, they, they at the very least were thinking about it, if not had already decided that was something that they had to do when he got in front of microphones and said, we have no reason to trade Stefan Diggs a month ago. Also, and this is this is... I wouldn't say reckless speculation. This is educated speculation, just having watched sports for 30 years, okay? You don't get the haul the Vikings got for Stefan Diggs unless you had two or three teams that were bidding back and forth on the hook. Look at the haul the Vikings got for Stefan Diggs compared to what Houston obtained for maybe even a better wide receiver. Like some people would say Deshaun or Deshaun. Uh, that DeAndre Hopkins is just a better wide receiver, yep. and you got like half of the draft assets. Absolutely. So this is something, I don't even blame the Vikings, by the way. If they came to a determination that, listen, this relationship with Diggs, it just, it's not really salvageable, and we got to get something for him. Like, if that's the point that it got to, and you still got that kind of a haul, mm-hmm. then bravo, but it is 100% a smokescreen, okay? All right, smokescreen or face value here? Rick Spielman earlier today. Yeah, no, I, I know we have some big changes in the secondary. I believe, you know, one of the critical things was, you know, not only is Anthony Harris. Oh, that's right. That's the wrong quote. I, I meant to play. Uh, I meant to play this one. I think you're going to see trades probably locked in earlier, just because I, I think everybody's going to be a little nervous about when you're on a clock and whether a glitch happens or not. I don't think it will be as big an issue because we have 10 minutes on Thursday. I know in the second round we have seven. When it starts to get into the five-minute rounds, those are where it's going to get a little interesting because you can't say, okay, we'll give you, we'll flop you in the thirds and give you a fifth because you don't know who's on the board yet. I think there will be a lot of pre-work done for the first day, but I think after that, it'll be interesting to see if we have the same amount of trades or if people are going to be less likely to trade and just go with a pick. So I think that's yet to be determined, but that should be uh, exciting. The first part of that, the notion that there will be a lot more trade activity early, potentially even before the draft, are you guys buying it or do you think this is Rick throwing out a little smokescreen saying open for business? If there's going to be trades, I do think that they're probably going to be agreed to earlier Thursday. So I think I think he is parroting what he's read and been told, which we've also read and heard. So, no, I actually think in that one he's telling the truth. In the uh, 
mid-rounds when it drops down, I have no clue and I actually don't care. Uh, but I do think that his thing about if you're going to see trades made in the first round, they're probably going to be agreed to or or heavily vetted ahead of time is right because you know you're going to have to be prepared on Thursday and Friday for things, especially Thursday probably, for a few hiccups and glitches that if you wait too long, things could get really screwy. I mean, they do call him Trader Rick, right? There's a reason they call him Trader Rick. I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's. He has his ears open to any and all offers that are coming his way. I don't think that. I don't think necessarily it could be the case, but I don't think necessarily that they're leaning one way or the other in terms of trading up, trading down, standing pat, whatever the case might be. But I, I definitely think that he's had discussions and is is has open ears to any offers that are coming his way ahead of the draft on Thursday. Do you guys think that it's more probable that he stands pat, tries to move up, or bails downwards, probably with pick twenty five? So it goes down, goes backwards, and tries to get more second or third round collateral with that second first round pick. Well, so Jeremy Fowler, our friend who used to cover the Vikings in town here for the Pioneer Press about ten years ago, and he's an NFL insider now at ESPN. He reported the Vikings are primed to move back in the tra- that they're more likely to trade back from the 20s to accumulate extra picks or whatever. I just don't know if that makes sense. Like you have 12 picks in your stash yeah, right you now. You already have enough draft capital. It doesn't it doesn't the only the only way it would make sense is if you thought there was a ton of value between rounds 1 and 3 and you were going to use assets later on to then move back. Like if if you thought you could move back, get an extra third round pick, you know, but I just think it makes more sense to move up. Like if you see someone at fifteen that you love, you've got right. enough capital to move up and get that that player. So I, um, I've got one more for you guys here: smokescreen or face value, and it's not from Rick Spielman; it's from John Kime, ESPN.com, who was on Score North Live earlier today. He was that me. show can be heard weekdays noon to two or anytime you want. ScoreNorth.com and the Score North app. It's me and a rotating cast of Score North personalities, big time. So uh, John Kime tweeted earlier today. More teams getting involved or at least inquiring about Trent Williams via trade will be interesting to see if anything happens before the draft or after the first round if teams fall to get their guy. Minnesota was a team to watch, but I wonder if the Vikings blew their chance. He joined Score North Live earlier today to elaborate. You know, I know, like, clearly Trent Williams, I think, would probably like to play there. He knows Kirk Cousins. That's a good team. They're they're not far from you know reaching the Super Bowl. For goodness sake, so you know I think there's a lot of and the, plus they have a lot of picks. So I think if you're the Redskins, you're going to look at all those picks and say you just got a haul for Stephon Diggs. You know, give us more. So <laughs> it's, that's what I say. It's just, there's there's a lot there that you say it would make sense for these sides to do a deal, and I can see why both sides might be sticking to their guns. Okay, so smokescreen the Vikings and the smokescreen or reality the Vikings and Washington have just reached a point of yeah this just isn't going to work for a multitude of reasons picks going back to washington are too much and or the vikings can't just make the salary work do you think the vikings are out on trent williams Robbie? probably i i would think so just because of what john john said to us there that there's probably some interest before but i think that it's it's likely turning into somewhat of a bidding war for Trent Williams. There have got to be a number of teams interested in him at this point. And the Cleveland Browns are the ones that I hear that keep coming up. And the Redskins, 
quite honestly, almost have to trade him. They're they're in a more they're backed into a corner far more than the Vikings were by Stephon Diggs in that situation. Trent Williams sat out an entire season and said, "I'm not playing for the Washington Football Club." That is just not something that I'm going to do. They can try a standoff. They can try a game of chicken with him again. But I think in the end, they're going to have to trade him. And multiple teams knowing that, I'm sure, have jumped in and have called the the Washington Football Club to inquire about the price. And I would guess that Rick Spielman probably doesn't want to part with as many draft picks or as high a draft pick as as Washington is asking for right now for Trent Williams. So I believe that they are, they are out. So my, my guess is this. My guess is that the Vikings were one of, uh, potentially a couple weeks ago, a few teams that were trying to bid on him. Washington is now trying to drive that that up, much to your digs point, Phil. So I don't. I bet they're not out. Now, does that mean that they're going to get him and can they work out a trade that would then allow them to sign him long term and trade Riley Reef back to Washington or get Reef to take a pay cut or just cut Reef? That all might be difficult, and it might not work out. But I think what we're seeing now is is that Trent Williams is going to be traded by Thursday at some point in time. And if Washington's smart, which, by the way, guys, they're often not, but if Washington's smart, what they're going to do is they're going to get as many teams engaged in a 31-year-old left tackle, who I like a lot. But the one thing to keep in mind about him is I don't think Trent Williams has played in all 16 games since 2013 or something like that, 14. It's been a long time. So I think that this is probably more a game of trying to get as many teams involved as possible. And so instead of having two or three teams, let's say it's up to five teams, and then Washington can potentially maximize what they're going to get back. Because my guess is all they're going to get back is probably a second-round pick. Yeah, I think by no means do I think the Vikings are just done with Trent Williams' discussion. So I think it's smokescreen here. It's all about leverage, and you can see it from both perspectives. If you're the Vikings, you're looking over there saying, well, to Judd's point, the guy's not exactly Mr. Durability. He hasn't played in a long time. He's 31, and he's not 40, but he's definitely not in the middle of his prime anymore. So we're kind of taking a leap of faith and hoping that he can rekindle the type of player that he used to be, but there's no guarantees. Therefore, we're not going to give you a first-round pick. Probably not going to give you a second-round pick for that. We'd like to hold on to those three picks so that we can for sure fortify our roster, but we'll float a third-round pick for this, right? he wants to get paid, too. That's the other dynamic. And so, and there's really three sides to this because there's what Trent Williams wants as well, which is money, and then there's what Washington wants, which is, well, we're not just going to give the guy away for free. And some of this, too, depends on how willing are... How willing is Washington to go all the way to the finish line with this? Are they willing to just say, listen, if we don't get a first or second round pick, we're going to training camp, assuming that training camp takes place at some point, and we're going to see what happens. We have to have another standoff. Like If they're just done with it, then they will blink at some point, and they will take what's available, and that's what the Vikings have to hold out hope for. So, Guys, I just came across on my timeline a clip of uh, Rob Gronkowski was apparently on Andy Cohen's show yesterday. Of course he was, yeah. And first of all, he's underrated show. By he way. said oh, in the interview, yeah. he said, I'm feeling good right now. I'm happy where I'm at. You just never know, man. You just never know. You never know. I'm not totally done. <laughs> but he knew, he, knew he knew then. And the reason that I say he knew then, I can only see him from the chest up, but he, it looks like he's already put back on a lot of the muscle. His head does not look so weird anymore. When he first retired. Yeah. His head does not look so out of place. And like Mackie said, these guys, they can, they can put that muscle on. Pretty quick. They have nutritionists you know, and all the training systems. And so, everything. like, he was, I don't know, if I'm trying to think back to WrestleMania three weeks ago. 
you know, he had like a long sleeve shirt on, so it was kind of tough to tell. I don't know if he was trying to hide his bulk I mean, or that was, the, that was the wrong right? way to phrase that. But what do you mean? I just bulk. I, that took, what I, I took no offense to it. Okay. So that is my number one smoke screen when I get dressed every or reality. Morning, hiding my bulk. Good. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah. To know. Should we get to Will? Yeah. Okay. Will, can you hang? Well, he's, let's. He's been holding half hour. Hold on. Let's do this. All right. Let's take. Let's. 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 We're not going to skip this break, but let's push this for 10 or 15 minutes and hang tight here. We'll. Uh, we'll give you a little bonus Mackie and Jeb with Rami here. We'll get to a call here in just a second, but I just want to plug starting tomorrow. At 11 o'clock on Score North and running all the way through the first round of the draft on Thursday, 36 hours of purple. 36 hours of purple talk. We are all in here on Score North, scorenorth.com, and the Score North app. So join us starting with Ventline tomorrow and running all the way through the first round of the draft on Thursday. We're giving you 36 straight hours of purple talk here on Score North. Also, the Draft Day 1K giveaway is in full effect right now. Score North is giving away $1,000 to somebody who can correctly predict who the Purple will select with their first pick in the draft. Entering is very, very easy. You open the Score North app or download it if you don't already have it. Register, enter through Listener Rewards in the menu, and then you just enter the player you think will be drafted. So make sure you get your pick in before the draft starts, that's when the window closes. The Draft K 1K giveaway. 651-646-8255. Will, you're on the show. What's up, Will? Hold on a second. Hey, Will? Hey, guys. How's there going, we go. Man? Now we got it. All right, cool. How's it going, Will? Awesome, guys. Good, good. Hey, I'm just really excited for draft day, man. I, I create mocks. I do all that stuff. So I just wanted to run a couple of draft ideas by you. But- Want to know what you guys think? Let's do it. All right, awesome. So what I have, and I actually took notes here, prepared for the call, but I have uh, Minnesota, so I think we're going to take 22, okay. 25, and Harris to Cleveland for 10 and 41. So hold on. So okay. 22, 25, and Harris yeah. to Cleveland for? For pick 10 and 41. Okay. Reckless speculation. All right. So once that happens, I think, because I actually think, uh, I think it's one of the big three. I don't think Mekhi Becton's any good. So I feel like there's a potential possibility that Tristan Worse does fall to 10. And I think if Spielman does see that, um, I think we will move up. I think we're really prioritizing tackle. Um, and I think he's probably the safest one, super athletic, perfect fit for the zone blocking scheme. So I think that helps Kirk right away. So right. this feels okay. I'm. I'm. You've clearly put a lot of prep into this, and that is awesome. So I, I, my gut is going against your science here. That feels like a lot to give up to essentially move up to ten. If you're giving up Harris, and I get that, like freeing up salary might help you bring in a Trent Williams or something in another trade. Uh, that seems a little steep. I'd have to be really sure that I'm getting my guy moving up to ten. But I'm all for packaging assets together. To move up for a blue chip player, so I like where you're going there. For sure, for sure. And uh, just to kind of you know push back a little bit against your point, I'll say that I know that um, what George Patton and Spielman have been to a ton of Iowa games, right? To watch Tristan Wirfs, they met with him at the combine. They've had the virtual with him as well. So I just feel really good about the possibility there of them really uh, seeing him as their guy. I think that's their top tackle on the board. And as you know, like our line's been a disaster. So we can get our left tackle, certainly going to want to do that. 
um, if possible, moving up there. So um, it, now with kind of moving past the first round, uh, since we do have pick 41 and 58, I do want to get your guys' thoughts on, at that point, if we're able to get, um, since we're trading Harris, we do need to pick up a safety. Even though he's projected as the third best safety in the draft, I think Antoine Winfield Jr., I think we can all agree, is like a stud. Yes, but, that would be yeah. so fun. Yeah, for sure. And then especially, like, I was 14 when his dad played. So to have his son now come back, I think that would be really awesome. Uh, and then what do you guys think? I don't know if you guys are familiar, but Cameron Dantzler from Mississippi State. He just strikes me as a Mike Zimmer corner. He's 6'2", he tackles, he shut down all the best receivers in the SEC this year. So thank you for this phone call, Will. Please call back again. Uh, we appreciate your insight, man. Take care. We'll sure. answer your questions here. So I don't know enough about Cameron Dantzler here, but I want to circle back on the Antoine Winfield point. Just for fun here, whether it's whether it's Will's scenario where he uh, makes, a, makes a couple deals here and there and gets the 41st pick, but the Vikings also have, is it pick 58 in the second round? I don't know if Antoine, I, th- I almost feel like with all the Antoine Winfield steam and praise and buzz, I almost feel like if you don't draft Antoine Winfield in the first round, yeah, you I might agree. not. You might not get he'll Antoine Winfield early second round. Now, I, I definitely I think don't think sure. he'll be around by the time it comes back around to the Vikings in the second round. Because what what will that pick be like? 50, 58, 58, I think fifty seven, fifty eight. There is no way he's on the board for fifty eight picks. Now, if you now this is but you take him at twenty five. Well, but if you if, if, if you go through Will's scenario and you've traded your twenty two, twenty five, and Harris for the ten, if you oh, if, if you get the back. the forty first overall pick, maybe he's still there. Uh, but I, I, if, if you stand pat and you're making a decision at 22 and 25, if you want Antoine Winfield, you probably have to use one of those picks on him. I love him because in, in a sport that's become more, especially defensively, multi-positional, this kid, this kid and Harrison Smith would cause nightmares. Oh my gosh. Because they would be all over. I mean, if you look, I think from not day one, but I think from pretty early in his career in the National Football League, Antoine Winfield Jr. can play slot corner. He can play a hybrid safety, and if he had to, he, he could play outside. But can you imagine him and Smith like switching positions and moving around and quarterbacks being completely confused? That's why 10 years ago, I think you look at Antoine Winfield Jr. and say, you know what, he's a nice player, but he's too small. Hits hard, but he's too small. Mm-hmm. Now I think you look at a kid like that and say the opportunity to have him do different things on defense is really, really attractive. Yeah, versatility and smart coaches find ways to just use weapons, Absolutely. right? Smart offensive coaches do it. And I think Mike Zimmer, with the exception of his usage of Anthony Barr, which has been a little bit puzzling the last three years, I think Mike Zimmer has found ways to use guys too. What is Dom Capers going to bring, and insert your own joke there, I know, but what is Dom Capers going to bring as far as 3-4 concepts too? That's my question. Hold on. Football. Think about that. And we've talked about that briefly before, but if you think about if... Because I do think that Mike, I think for as stubborn as Mike can be, he's also adaptable at times, especially defensively. So if you look at Capers, not installing his defense, but installing concepts, you've got a real chance to give this defense a very different look probably than it's had the last few years. Well, I want to, I want to, I want to give Rami the floor because he watched a lot more Packers football doing his job in Milwaukee over the past, over the Dom Capers era. But I will praise Mike Zimmer in that whether it's offense or he mostly does this offensively. Now he's doing it defensively. He's not afraid to bring people in who have experience and different ideas and allow them to operate underneath him. So 
I, I don't think Mike Zimmer, like, he can be stubborn, but I don't think Mike Zimmer is stubborn enough to say, this is, no, we aren't changed. Like, he's bringing in a 3-4 concept guy with a ton of experience. Rami, what, by the end of his run, I think Packer fans were ready to... They were done just, with him. ...just tar and feather him, but... There were some good times defensively oh, yeah. in Green Bay with no Don doubt Gabers. about it. Absolutely, they were they were a very good defense when he first got there. What what it seemed like over the course of Dom Capers' time in Green Bay, guys, we saw an evolution of offenses around the NFL. The league changed, and the offenses that he was facing changed. And Dom Capers did not seem to change with it. He seemed he seemed set in his ways and kind of stuck in the past, and it looked like. The league passed him by. That that being said, I don't think he's coming here to put his defense in place. I think he's coming here to look at Mike Zimmer's defense and not necessarily turn it into a three four, but find find different and creative ways that he can create pressure with various blitzes, stunts, all the fun things that you can do with the defense to to create pressure. I don't think you're going to see this become a Dom Capers defense. I, I right. think he's been brought here to add a little flavor Sous-chef. to Mike Zimmer's defense. Right? Yeah, Sous-chef. absolutely. Sous chef. Mm-hmm. Yep. A little sprinkle there, a little sprinkle there. Bam! Is Emeril Lagasse still around? Is he's that guy still doing anything? He's doing something somewhere, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I loved Emeril Lagasse. He loved Emeril Lagasse. He was huge at one time. I loved that guy. Man, he fell off the face of the earth. Right, a standing ovation for, like, flipping an egg without a spatula. It was amazing. Dude. He it was would, amazing. He would literally take a pinch of garlic, just toss it onto the pan, and yell, bam, and would also get a standing ovation. Have you guys ever flipped an egg without using a spatula? With just I could barely flip just, an egg with a just, spatula around Just with a little wrist action, just yeah. with the pan, just a little wrist yeah. action. Yeah, I'm with Judd on this one. I always break the egg in half on accident with the I, spatula. And the yolk breaks, then Don gets mad because I goofed it's up It's my yolk. greatest accomplishment of quarantine so far, guys. I flipped an over-easy egg without a spatula, without breaking the yolk. And you didn't yolk. record this? Without breaking the yolk. I didn't think, I didn't think I'd do it. Can you do it I was and just, record it? I'll try again. I, I think it was a this fluke. This is what content we crave well, at Score North. I'm pretty sure it was a fluke. Judd, I'm not sure if you've heard. So Rob Gronkowski's negotiations aren't the biggest negotiations of the week. We have been in negotiations with Rami's Recipes about making its debut on the brand new Mackie and Jub with Rami YouTube we're channel that we launched something. a couple days ago. Judd, nice. They, although the framework is in I'm place. I'm glad to hear this out finally. We're close yeah. to something. The we're framework's close. in place. Yeah. The Score North YouTube channel what's has become very Viking centric, and we just didn't have a home what's for the, Rami's recipes. What's the hang now up, we do. Rami? It's the signing bonus, the guaranteed money. You know, you know, Judd. You know the guaranteed. His own personal studio that no one uses. A sous chef. Actually, to, wasn't it guaranteed a hand sanitizer you were asking for? <laughs> Bunch of wipes. A crate of Clorox wipes. <laughs> Pretty sure that's what the ask was for. But I don't really, don't really recall. Oh. Uh, all right, hold on. Let's take one more here. Uh, is it Josh? I, my computer's tilted. Josh, yeah, you got Josh. a draft idea. Fire away. I do. I'm not a scout by any means, but um, my thought is this. It's, it sounds to me like there's um, a lot of talent in this draft, and this maybe even like the second, third, some creeping into the third round where there's some first round, um, first round type of players. So my thought is t- trade that 25 pick uh, back to either maybe Miami or Indianapolis. We have a couple seconds. And, you know, so maybe we go, instead of our 25, we have a, I, I'm not looking at the draft board right now, but maybe like a 34 and like a 42. And then we, so basically we would have three second round picks. We'd still have our 22nd. And then you literally, you get your best, best available wide receiver, tackle, your cornerback, um, and uh, maybe even try to go for like a, a Winfield as a safety. 
Yeah, I don't uh I don't hate it. And thank you for the phone call. I another question I would have about Winfield too is is it sort of Winfield Harris or like was there any scenario in which you would keep Harris and draft Winfield? Um yeah. If you're trading Harrison Smith. Well, but No, but but he I I think that to start his career, I think Antoine Winfield Jr. probably projects as the slot corner. He's not a safety. I think he can. I think he could hybrid at safety, but I don't think that he's a safety. So yeah, if you were to draft, because they need at least a cornerback, and they probably need a slot corner as well to replace Alexander. So the answer to your question is definitely yes. And then I think as he evolves, you start to position him at different positions. But he is... I think he's basically, to start his career, his old man, right? I mean, yeah. he's built like his old man. Yeah. He hits like his old man. I would argue that he is a better athlete than his dad. But, but I also didn't see his dad play for the Buffalo Bills back then at mm-hmm. that age. Yeah. Yeah, he's, in terms of just being able to sniff out and make a play, right? That's what his dad was one of the best in the NFL at. Just And he could how hit. Did, like how Antoine Winfield Sr. would would crawl underneath blockers to blow up screen passes and just... But, I mean, he was a small guy who absolutely annihilated guys. Yes. Football. It was very football. Yes. He loved football. Gentlemen, we've got much more on the Vikings front when Doogie joins the show in about 15 minutes from now for his weekly scoop session. He always comes, especially a couple days before the draft, with some nuggets on what the Vikings might be thinking. But when we come back... We have yet another idea that Major League Baseball is floating out as a trial balloon to get their season back in the mix here to salvage something. We'll talk about that when we come back. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami here in the TCL studios, powered in part by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. And Federated wants to express their gratitude for you out there, you business owners that are maybe even struggling right now. You are our community partners, our neighbors, our families. Also, thank you to medical professionals who continue to run toward the fire on a daily basis and the rescue workers for all of your service as well. On the business owner front, when you need Federated, Federated is here to help. Federatedinsurance.com has all kinds of resources that you can get your hands on when it comes to written pandemic policies and procedures, resources for HR-related topics, communications to employees, and recommended response plans. Uh, there's just all kinds of things to wrap your arms around if you're a business owner, and Federated is here to help you with trusted resources. Go to federatedinsurance.com or call your local Federated marketing representative to get the resources you need. At Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Jonathan here with the Score North download. We could all use a little help while quarantined. And thanks to our many great local partners, Score North Listening Rewards is here to help with some cash relief. All month long, Score North is giving you the chance at $25 to $200 in cash just for listening to us. For your chance at free cash, download the Score North mobile app, register, and you could be a winner. Boys, ESPN NFL Nation, they're doing their mock draft right now on ESPN, I believe. And Courtney Cronin is picking for the Vikings. Do you want to hear who she picked for the Vikings at 22 and 25? What's going on right now as we speak? Yes. All right. So here's pick number wait, 22. Wait, dude. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Come on now. Hold on. I want a mock. Mock. <laughs> I want you mock. Mock. All right. I thought you were going to play the little uh, ESPN bell that they play every time the pick is in. Dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee. <laughs> 
<laughs> With a 22nd pick in the NFL Nation mock draft, the Minnesota Vikings select Josh Jones, offensive tackle, Houston. I want to mock. Mock. I want to mock. Mock. With a 25th pick in the NFL Nation mock draft, the Minnesota Vikings select A.J. Terrell, cornerback, Clemson. That's just I want to mock. <laughs> There it is. That's the download? Yep. That's the download? All right, That's cool. Download. Right on. Cronin did it, basically, huh? Yep. Okay. All right. That's fine. It is funny. Like, I mean, they, they fly out all the like NFL Nation writers, usually. And yeah, they, they couldn't do it. Via Zoom this time around. Yeah. So, all right. More Vikings news and information in about 10 minutes when Doogie joins for a scoop session. But this is from CBSSports.com, gentlemen. Major League Baseball discussing a three-state plan with one hub in Texas as a possible solution to start the 2020 season. With the spread of the novel coronavirus threatening Major League Baseball's 2020 season, the league and union continue to seek ways to salvage the year as best they can. Predictably, that has entailed any number of proposals and contingency plans, including those that would see teams either isolated all in Arizona or split between Arizona and Florida. And on Monday, multiple league sources informed CBS Sports about a different idea that has been discussed in recent days. In this arrangement, the league would have teams stationed in one of three hubs, Florida, Arizona, or Texas. The clubs would then make use of the local major and minor league or spring training facilities and play regular season games behind closed doors without fans. One source even expressed guarded optimism about the idea's chances of coming to fruition. Your guys' thoughts on a three-hub, three-state plan to restart Major League Baseball. Okay. <laughs> that, that's pretty much Texas, my... Texas, Florida, Arizona, is that what you said? Yep. Okay. That's pretty much my response to every plan that Major League Baseball floats out there through through one of their many reporters that they leak information to. And that's all that this is, is they're putting out feelers to see what we'd be okay with, what plan we like the most. That's that's all that this is, and my answer every time is, yeah, fine, as long as it's safe for the players, as long as you're you're not going to contribute to the spread of coronavirus and COVID-19, and you're not going to take very, very important resources away from our healthcare system. Yes, give me baseball. If those three things are in place, give me all the baseball, however you give it to me. Empty stadiums, put it in Arizona, put it in Florida. The only one that I've said was crazy was when, was it Buster Olney? Or no, it was Tim Kirkjian oh, last weekend who said that they were going to start the season playing day games in Japan while the yeah. Japanese league played night games. That's ridiculous. But every other plan, yeah, sure. Why not, buddy? Give it a try. Um, I got news for, for them, and they might want to um, take my advice. Uh, we have southern states opening up. Your plan needs to go north. You can't you can't start in a state near a hotspot. You can't. And if we're going to have southern states where, by the way, the COVID nineteen cases continue to spike, so they're not going down, and those states are bound and determined to get their economy back on track, your plan then needs to, I think, seriously right now, shift north. And I think these conversations have changed over the past month because the initial thought was, well, if we're going to start the season in April, May. Ideally, you just avoid weather problems altogether, right? And so let's go. Like weather was a big part of it. So I, I, I think if if weather is no longer a major factor, if you're starting in June or July, you could look north. But the other big factor and the reason why Arizona and Florida are probably non-negotiable is just the amount of facilities. Sure. 
So, like, if, if you said, all right, well, the weather's good enough now in St. Louis but, and Minneapolis. But if it's spiking in Florida, you can't play in Florida. That's your problem. Yeah, but it's going to spike other places, too. That's the problem no, no, here. But my point is you need to find places where, where it's not, where it's spiking as little as possible. And Florida, when they're going to, or when they've opened the beaches in, like, Jacksonville again. Now, if Arizona's not, that's fine. Because I'm with you on your point. But the grand point is what you can't have is you can't start playing and be in, be in or near a hot spot. And now the players, and if their families are there, start to get sick. And now you shut down again. The grand point of this whole thing is once you go back to sports, we need to be back. We can't then be like, ah, it didn't work again. Because yeah. then you're just done. I'm I'm willing to try something. for if If baseball, if we get into June and July... The season's in jeopardy anyway, so I'm okay with them trying something to get back. Right, but in I don't June want people to get sick. Is my point? Like I don't want people in places where they're yeah, going to get sick. That's what I said, and I, I don't. I don't know where that's a viable plan. I don't know when it's a viable plan. But whenever you you come up with a plan that is safe for your players and employees, that won't lead to the spread of this thing further, and won't take resources away from the healthcare system and people who need it more than sports, fine. Do it. Let's get this thing started. Get her done. How do you guys feel about this other part of the story? I love to get her done. (laughs) For any leaked proposal, this one included should be taken with a grain of salt because Major League Baseball would have to reach an agreement with the players' union on logistical issues. I'm sure they'd all have to take pay cuts because there's no gate revenue coming in. But that's that's another problem, Mike. But if you're the players, like, come on, players are are mad about this now. Well, honestly, like, do you want to play or not? And I would say everyone's going to have to take a haircut. The, The question is. Not if it's not for what they want. But or the answer to your question. Okay, but you're still going to get paid. Like it's if you're. And this is this is the point I was getting at here in the article. All right. That Mike Trout and Clayton Kershaw have each pushed back against the idea, not of the financial part, and maybe they're pushing back against that too. They're pushing back against the idea of spending months in isolation away from their families. Trout's wife is pregnant, and that's that's probably the and harder thing, problem. right? Absolutely. Like guys, I don't blame them. Okay, I don't want to sound disrespectful, insensitive. Crass, go ahead, Judd, or anything else. He can't be in the delivery room. Nobody's allowed in hospitals right now, except for patients. But he can be, with, but he can't. But if he's quarantined away from her, and he can't be with his wife who's pregnant, that creates a yeah. whole different. Problem. I think it's more about being around her for like the two months after she had a baby. Okay, he can take he can take paternity leave. I have no problem with that. He's in isolation. I'm sure she's in isolation. So there's no risk with him leaving the team and going and being with her. When the baby is born, right? Take paternity leave. We already have paternity leave in baseball, yeah. don't we? And I don't disagree with anything you're saying. I think I don't have any kids, so maybe somebody no. can correct me and be very rude about it. How long you gone for? I'm sure you will. So, like, are, are we talking about that they start a season and he's just not there because he's on on a paternity leave that's going to be a month or two months, however well, long you need, man? The Mike Trout thing is a very specific example. Right. Let's look at non-wife pregnant examples. Guys just don't want to be away from their family for three or four months. I don't blame them. But but I would like, I'm not blaming them, but here's what I would say. This is a a once-in-a-lifetime summer in America. And honestly, like, I don't want to put baseball on too much of a pedestal, but people are getting to the point now and will be even more at this point in June where they just want something to cling to. I can't believe. And you would, like, think about what you would be doing for America if you were to fire baseball back up in a safe way, even if it meant... Being away from your family for a while. I get that, and I can't believe that I'm going to be the one to say this, but in the course of a pandemic, I also don't think I can ask a bunch of people to leave their families. I saw Jeff Passan 
It seems very, very heartless to me. Judd and Pat- that's coming from me. Judd Passon was on Get Up. I think it was really it weird. was last week or a couple weeks. Ago. Yeah, Judd. Since when are you? What's, the hap- boy? what's yeah. happened to me? Right. Um, but Jeff Passon was was on <laughs> Get Up. Pandemics turned me to all. A few weeks ago, whenever the last play in that Major League Baseball floated out there, and he said that he was on the phone with a player, an anonymous player. He didn't give the name, and uh, and they were talking about the possibility of being away from from your family for an extended period of time. And I guess he was on speakerphone. The player, the player's wife in the background says, are you going to get paid? And he says, yeah. And she goes, we'll figure it out. That's a real thing, man. Look, we all go to work for a paycheck. And not no matter how much money you have, not having a paycheck coming in is not an easy thing to deal with. And a lot of people who are in industries that are that are opening up right now, they're now faced with the decision, do I stay home for my health and safety, or do do I go out and risk this to bring home the bacon? Yeah. Also, it's a real question, a real-world question that some people have to consider right now, including baseball players. And we got to hit a break here, so we'll get to some Vikings news and info. But to play off Rami's point... Maybe billionaire owners can take a bath for one year too. If oh boy, I need to see some finances. Say but, that with the okay. So twenty five seconds Same. left All in the right, segment, buddy. and you okay. throw that one, huh? All right. Vikings news next. Score North is all in for Vikings draft week. It's thirty six hours of purple starting Wednesday at eleven a.m. and running all the way through the first round of the NFL draft on Thursday night. Yes, you heard it right. Thirty six straight hours of purple talk. Presented by Dennis Kirk and the Canopy Group this Wednesday and Thursday, right here on Score North, scorenorth.com, and the free Score North mobile app. I'm a bit of a wiener snob. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Yeah, no, I, I know we have some big changes in the secondary. I believe, you know, one of the critical things was, you know, not only is Anthony Harris a great football player for us uh, and great in the community, uh, but by us being able to franchise Anthony, we do have the safeties pretty well set, um, knowing that we're going to have a lot of young corners that we're going to have to line up and play with. All right, welcome in. Hour number two of Mackie and Jub with Rami here from the TCL Studios. And remember, tomorrow, starting at 11 a.m. here on Score North, scorenorth.com, and the Score North app. 36 straight hours of purple talk. Join us from 11 a.m. tomorrow all the way through the first round of the NFL draft on Thursday. And uh, hang out with us. We have tons of special guests in the mix. You'll hear new Rewind episodes. And also, starting yesterday and running up until the first round of the draft starts, the Draft K 1K giveaway. We are giving away $1,000 to somebody who correctly predicts who the Vikings will select with their first pick in the draft. Entering is very, very easy. You just open the Score North app or download it if you don't have it already. It's free to download. You register, you enter through listener rewards, and then you enter the player you think will be drafted, and you will have a chance to win $1,000. Uh, Darren Doogie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News and the Scoop Podcast. Just a couple days before the NFL draft, what kind of Viking steam can you bring to the show today? Hello, Philip. Happy draft week. You know, let me start with what Rick Spielman was just talking about, Anthony Harris. At this point, there is zero trade steam. I know the two sides were connecting as of last night via email. There was going to be some actual verbal dialogue before the draft. So whether that took place earlier today, maybe it takes place later today or tomorrow or even Thursday morning, I think the sides continue to hammer 
on some sort of long-term deal. Now, the two sides are not close, but at this point, I think the most likely scenario is Anthony ends up signing a long-term deal here. So the three scenarios, we've talked about this going back weeks, either plays out the 2020 season on the franchise tag, he signs a long-term deal here, or he gets traded. Of those three possibilities, my money would be on the two sides just because there's been enough dialogue going back weeks that I think they can find a happy medium. Now, don't get me wrong. The Vikings want Anthony to sign a team-friendly contract in many ways. But I think eventually they will bend enough. Mike Zimmer thinks the world of Harris. Anthony's first choice is to sign a long-term deal here. Now, I guess it is possible because I actually ruled this out, or of the three possibilities, Phil, a couple weeks ago, I said of the three, I would rank him playing out the franchise tag number three on the list of possibilities. But at this point, fluid situation. There just isn't any trade team, even though the Giants have interest. It gets complicated because the Giants don't have a lot of interest in giving the Vikings a good draft pick, then also giving Anthony big-time money on a long-term deal. So there is zero trade team at this point. So if I had to you know, guess right now, Phil, just based on, on the intel I have, I think the two sides eventually find happy medium on a long-term deal. I think Anthony Harris is a Viking in 2020. Hey, Dukes, I'm, I'm seeing more and more steam off that Spielman call just from trying to put together the pieces as we do of what he said, that the Vikings are going to use their 22 pick, but then don't be surprised back to trade talk if uh, Rick does trade that 25 pick, which is theirs, to accumulate more picks. Do you pick up on that as well? Well, yeah, it's Trader Rick, right, Judd? I mean, I would put the over-under on trades Thursday through Saturday at two and a half. I mean, I think that's an interesting conversation to have. Would you take the over or like the that. under on two and a half trades by Rick Spielman? I'm tempted to take over. the over. I'm taking the over. Yeah, He's ready to rock over. and roll, man. Yeah, I think he is. One year left on the contract. He is he is I've holding no trades never back, thought of baby. Rick Spielman is rocking and rolling. He's going un- like to unbutton an extra button, and he is oh, going to wow. sling some draft picks, baby. Gold yeah, now, if it's not three trades or four trades, I think it's multiple, so I think it's two. So, yeah, Judd, I think there's absolutely interest in moving back. I mean, you end up talking to enough people. Like, I was talking to Mike Tannenbaum the other day, the former Dolphins executive, the former Jets executive. He's now an ESPN analyst, and he told me, and, and he's talked to enough people in the league, that there really isn't much separation on most teams' boards between picks 20 and 40. So if you can find a way to move back, now the question is, who wants to move up? You know, is there a team that wants to get in front of Kansas City potentially for Antoine Winfield Jr.? I guess that's a possibility, a team like the Falcons or the Bengals or the Bears. Is there a team that wants to move up for a quarterback? You know, is Jordan Love still on the board at pick 25. I'm not quite sure he will be, but that might be the one scenario where the Vikings have the opportunity to move back, somebody moving up for a quarterback. So we've talked about moving back. We've talked about re-signing Anthony Harris or trading him. What about the possibility of trading for an established player, namely Trent Williams, but not specifically Trent Williams? Is that something that's being discussed inside the Vikings building right now? It absolutely is being discussed. Yeah, I don't know if it's quite inside Rami, TCO Performance Center. It might be more virtually Zoom calls. You know, Rick at his Eden Prairie house, Mike Zimmer at his ranch in Kentucky, George Payton in his West Metro house. But, yeah, I mean, those are conversations that definitely are happening. I'm convinced they've talked to Washington. The question is, what is Washington looking for? Would the Vikings give up pick 58? Would they give up their second rounder? You know, which is which is healthy compensation, just like I laid out with Anthony Harris. Then you need to pay Trent Williams. So you give up a really good pick for Trent. Then you need to give him a long-term deal. Oh, by the way, he'll be 32 when the season starts. There is an injury history there. So that's a roll of the dice, even though when he's healthy, I think he's as good a left tackle as there is in the game. But he also didn't take a snap last year. 
Like, where is he physically? Like, I don't even know how you make that trade without your team doctors getting their hands on him. But, yeah, I mean, undoubtedly, Rami, the Vikings have talked internally and I'm convinced they've actually engaged in dialogue with Washington about that possibility. Uh, Darren Doogie Wolfson is with us here every single Tuesday at 5 o'clock from 5 at Witness News and the Scoop podcast, which you can find on Apple, Spotify, or the Score North app. Just go and uh, subscribe and listen to Doogie. So Antoine Winfield Jr., his name has come up here in this conversation, and we talked about him last hour, is is Ryan Clark from ESPN was on Purple Daily earlier this week raving about Antoine Winfield Jr. You've seen other prominent talking heads raving, and I think a few months ago you might have said, well, he's for sure getting drafted, but probably like in the middle rounds. Is his stock just at first-round value right now? Like if the Vikings want Antoine Winfield Jr., are they going to have to use one of those two first-round picks if they want him? Otherwise, he's gone by the time it comes back around in the second round. Yeah, Phil, I don't see him being on the board at pick 58. Now, under Judd's scenario, if they can move from 25 to, say, 34 or 36, is it possible he's on the board early Friday? Yeah, I think it is. But, yeah, I mean, he's on the cusp of, of being the first Gophers player to go in the first round since Lawrence Maroney 14 years ago 2006 Max Williams came close Rasheed Hageman came close but the Gophers haven't had a first round pick in 14 years yeah I think some teams absolutely have him as a first round pick I'm telling you it's a lengthy list of teams that that think highly of him the Chiefs think highly of him I mean you talk about Ryan Clark how about Tyron Matthew some of the things he has said both on social media and in some interviews he thinks the world of Antoine Winfield Jr. Why wouldn't you? I mean, just think about some of the winning plays he's made. He can also return punts, for that matter. But just think about the two Fresno games the last couple years, those winning plays he made at the end of each game. You know, I mean, he can he can play in the slot, you know, cover in the slot. He can, he can play back, you know, if you just have him as a conventional safety. I mean, he can tackle. He can play in the box. I mean, there's a lot to like. And he overcame the... You know, the injury question marks. Like, he goes down with an injury in 17, goes down with an injury in 18, but then he gets through 19 healthy. So at this point, I think he's answered a lot of those, you know, injury-type questions. So, yeah, I think if he doesn't go in the 20s or 30 or 31 or 32 to the Chiefs specifically, I think he goes off the board early on Friday. Duke, days away from the draft. Now, what's the best guess about where uh, Tyler Johnson of the Gophers is ultimately going to be drafted round-wise? Well, you know what? It's interesting on him, Judd, because I was just looking at Pro Football Focus, who I love. They have him as a second-round pick. And, I mean, like, how could you argue that based on based on his production going back multiple years? My sense is he will be on the board on Saturday. Now, yeah. not for a long time, but I think he's more a fourth, maybe an early fifth-round pick. I think more likely a fourth-round pick. But I guess I wouldn't be shocked if he goes late on Friday, third round. It's just it's such a deep wide receiver draft. But he worked out for an NFC South team early in March before things shut down. So I know that team has a lot of interest in him. That team flew up a couple of its front office personnel, and he went through a really good workout for that particular team. I know the Vikings have interest. The Packers have interest. The Browns and Kevin Stefanski, the Raiders, the Rams, the Panthers. So there's a bunch of teams that have interest in him. I saw that the uh, Lions are parking their IT guy in an RV outside, <laughs> outside the GM's house. Are the Vikings taking any such precautions? How much concern is there within the Vikings organization about this unusual virtual draft that's going to take place <laughs> Thursday? Yeah, I don't know if, if the IT guy will be parked in, in Rick's Eden Prairie driveway. Although I guess I wouldn't be shocked, but I'm... 
I'm assuming he's going to be on standby. If he's not parked right there, he'll be he'll be close by. You know, Rick said all the right things in that in that Zoom conference call earlier today about you know the NFL has gone through all the all the you know security security questions. You know, all of us you know may have. There was one tiny glitch. Otherwise, the mock draft went swimmingly well. You know, but I'm positive behind the scenes they're all wondering how the heck. This is going to go. Okay, Doogie, how quarterback hungry are the Vikings in this draft? And I'm going to paint two different scenarios. One, you get to the middle rounds and there's a, you know, there's someone that you kind of like to bring in as a backup that you can groom for a couple years and you know, maybe that guy winds up being a starting candidate at some point. But like would they would they use a fourth or a fifth round pick on a quarterback? And then another scenario, Let's say some of the fears about Tua and health and you can't get your hands on him because of coronavirus. And let's say he takes an Aaron Rodgers or Teddy Bridgewater tumble or Lamar Jackson tumble down the board in the first round. And he starts to get close to that 22nd overall pick. How quarterback hungry are the Vikings in this draft? Tua in the first round would surprise me, Phil. Now, Surpri- hey, Vikings, let, let, if, he, if he was there, let's say he's there. Yeah, I still think that would surprise me. Okay. I think they would maybe aggressively look for somebody else to move into that slot and, and then moving backwards. I just say that because they haven't done anything with him. I just think with all the medical questions, you would have tried to connect with him somewhere along the way. My understanding is they have not connected with him. Now, hey, the Vikings have taken guys in recent years where there was like literally zero pre-draft contact. Eric Kendricks comes to mind. Harrison Smith a number of years ago comes to mind. So it's not like they're not capable of doing such a thing. I just think, though, with the medical red flags, I think they would have connected with him somewhere along the way. So I guess I would be surprised if they pulled the trigger on two. I still don't even think he'll be there at 22, but it's a fun talker, and I guess if he's there – you have to really think about it because I think at some point with 12 picks, Phil, they are going to take a quarterback. Like, they've done all sorts of work on Jake Fromm, the kid from Georgia, the kid from Utah, not Utah State, not Jordan Love, but the kid from Utah's name is escaping me, the Washington State quarterback, the North Texas quarterback, the Virginia quarterback. So I think there's a chance that they end up taking a quarterback at some point. Now, some of those guys I just mentioned either will be sixth or seventh round picks or undrafted free agents. A guy like Fromm is probably an early Saturday pick. So we're talking maybe that fourth round pick if, if Fromm is on the board. But I do think with 12 picks, Phil, they are going to take a quarterback. And it's been a while, right? Like, Rick, since being GM, so what is this? Rick's, Judd, his ninth draft is GM? Uh, 2012, right? Yeah, so, okay, so I think it's his ninth draft as GM. Yep. He hasn't taken a quarterback outside of the first round. You know, you think about, you know, way, way back, I guess he was in the front office when they took John David Booty out of USC, but he wasn't the final decision right. maker. He basically you know? took Ponder. Yeah, oh, yeah, and he did. But and, that, and he that was not Teddy. his GM. Yeah, and he took Teddy. So, I mean, he's taken yep. quarterbacks. My point is he hasn't taken a middle-round quarterback. Right. Right. So that would be something new. I'm just telling you they've done a lot of work on Jake Fromm of Georgia. So, Duke, uh, Rick is, is obviously the most important person. He's the linchpin of the Vikings draft process sitting at his home and doing this. Did we get a decent idea, though, besides Rick, of who's going to be involved here? Because, um, you know, Mike's at home in Kentucky, and I'm sure he's going to be called once in a while. But my guess is, is Zim being Zim might be sipping on a little bit of a red or something <laughs> during the draft process. Like, do, do, do we have an idea? Because there's not going to be this ton of time, I would guess, to consult with people, especially as the draft progresses and we get a shorter time during picks. 
Well, I mean, if you're asking if we gleaned a whole lot from Rick Spielman's Zoom press conference, I'm just today, curious who's involved. I'm just curious who's involved. Like, it's Peyton. It, is it Peyton and yeah, Brzezinski? I, mean, yeah. I like how Rick opens every press conference before the draft by saying, "How many teams have called me so far? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Let me go through I mean, all was, of them." I was even hoping for a little bit on Stefan Diggs, just a little bit more, as opposed. Oh, he gave you nothing. You know, we'll keep that in house. So yeah, I mean, he said he said very little. Now to the you know, casual fan, if you look at the transcript, you, you might glean a few things. But, you know, for those of us who have been around Rick for a while, I just don't think we learned a whole lot earlier today. But I appreciate his time and his effort. It's Jamal Stevenson, you know, director of college scouting. I mean, okay. he's got his fingerprints all over this. Yep. You know, and even even some of the, you know, area scouts will be, you know, available. You know, but, yeah, I mean, it is. It's It's fascinating how this thing's going to unfold. And undoubtedly, there's going to be a hiccup along the way. So at some point, Rick might just need to make a quick decision on his own. Yeah. Dukes, you got uh, 60 seconds of empty-the-bag scoops for us? Sure. <clears throat> some local guys that, that maybe don't get as much pub as, as they normally would, guys that have connected with the Vikings. You have Jake Lacina, That's Corbin Lacina's son. Wow. He was the Division II center of the year so from Augustana. Hold on. Corbin Lacina deserves football. I love Corbin Lacina. Yeah, so he's connected with the Vikings. I don't think he gets drafted, but he might be a guy they look to bring in after the draft. You have a kid from Hawley, Minnesota, Ben Ellison, who was a great tight end at North Dakota State. He recently had a virtual conversation with the Vikings. You have Zach Johnson from Spring Lake Park High School, really good offensive lineman from North Dakota State. He, too, connected with the Vikings. Jay Sean Cornell, Creighton Durham Hall, Ohio State defensive tackle. He connected with the Vikings recently. Sam Renner, Maple Grove High School, former Gophers defensive lineman. He connected with the Vikings. Shane Zilstra, Brandon Zilstra's younger brother, wide receiver from Minnesota State Mankato. He, too, connected with the Vikings recently. Nice. That is Darren Doogie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News and from the Scoop podcast, Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app. All right, Doogie, we will, we'll see what the Vikings do here in about 48 hours, and we'll recap it with you next week, man. See you, you got to one more thing, by the way. Mm-hmm. Everson Griffin, I checked again today. I was told in all likelihood the ship has sailed. I know Rick talked about having some productive conversations with Everson, and I'll continue to say never say never. But I'm just telling you what somebody close to Everson told me earlier today, that the ship pretty much has sailed. Cool. Thanks for the info, Doogie. See you, boys. All right. That's Doogie downstairs in the 5 Eyewitness News newsroom. So a lot of, lot of stuff to unpack there. Number one, it does sound like Antoine Winfield Jr.'s draft stock is first round or early second round, that he might not be there or likely won't be there with 58. What did you guys make of, of Doogie and, like it's you know, it's not it's not ironclad. We don't know a hundred percent what the Vikings are leaning toward doing or thinking, but just like based on his information and educated guess that if Tua were to fall like Lamar Jackson did, like Teddy Bridgewater did, like Aaron Rodgers did, if he were to fall into the early twenties, that the Vikings would be more likely to find a trade partner to trade back than to take him. I think they find a trade partner. I But do you think it's a mistake? Oh yeah, no, it would definitely be a mistake. But they just invested in two more years of Kirk Cousins. And while, yes, there is no no trade clause with the extra two years that he got, I just I, I think that they've 
They've made their statement loud and clear about Kirk Cousins and their quarterback position for at least the next two years. Maybe after 2021, they'd consider trading Cousins with that last year of his contract as he starts looking for, you would assume, another contract. And maybe at that point, you've decided to hit the reset button on the franchise and you send, send him somewhere else where he can get that new deal. But I think the Vikings have, have made a statement and have made their commitment for the next two years to Kirk Cousins as their quarterback. Absolutely. If the Vikings pass on two, where can I riot? Well, there's we a can. lot. There's actually a lot of places you can where, solo riot right now. Yeah, no, there are riots. Where, where can right. I do a Zoom riot? Where can I, mean, I socially distance and riot? Because if you pass on with, you know, you can't properly for, riot with for, social distancing. First of all, right? I mean, climbing up a light pole would. Well, what can I do? How are you going like, to turn over a car right while riding? staying six feet away no, from no, people? No, no, no. I'm not talking about anything that's going to cause effort from me, like flipping a car. <laughs> I can barely rake the lawn without being injured severely. In my, Dude, you have, in you have my, a second cut on your hand Okay. Now? Oh, yes, I do. Oh, okay. Judd has two cuts I, on his hand. How? Because last night I was bringing laundry up from the basement, and I scratched my knuckle. I sort of fell off to the side, and we, we've got that... What's that called? Stucco on on your wall where it's got the bumpy, the paint. Yeah. paint it's bumpy. Yeah. And I scraped my, dragged my knuckle just briefly on that wall and I cut open a big, it's just. Judd, this is because you, you refuse to moisturize, man. No, you know what this is? This pandemic's killing me. This pandemic is absolutely it's killing death me. by paper cuts. Exactly right. Why don't you use I've been lotion? I, I would never have tried to rake or bring that. Laundry up if I wasn't bored. Okay, if you're, if you're trying new things because of quarantine, try hand lotion. You know what man? I'm going to try and do? Go back to the couch. Your I've skin made a is going to turn to dust. I've made a huge mistake by trying to help around the house. It's my fault. I'll ad- admit to it. But my right hand right now, I look like I play tackle Dude, this, in the national. Football you know League. this is this is like that SNL skit. I'm going to break a finger. It's the SNL skit where they're like the, the wrapping paper skit where the guy cuts his hand and it's just like bleeding, blood that's spewing Julia, everywhere. That's from the Julia Childs one that Dan Aykroyd did. Well, it's just a <laughs> Basically happening in the studio. Anyway, right I'll now. riot because that because not playing Tua in 2020 is the greatest idea of all time. I know that the fans say let's get immediate help, but can you imagine potentially filling that quarterback slot for the next eight to ten years? And I don't want him to play. That's my other thing. You don't. I don't need him to play. So if Tua falls to you at 22. Grab him, sit him behind Kirk Cousins, and then figure out what to do with Cousins starting in 2021. It's the best of every possible world if you can fill that position. I, I, I would take him. If he fell, I would I would not look but to trade. would you it with me? Uh, uh, six feet apart? As yeah. long as you're not spewing blood all over the place? Yes, I would. I would I told you, I'm done trying to help out. Don, if you're listening, which you are not, I'm done <laughs> around the house. I'm done. What is your aversion to lotion? I, you know what? I've used, I've full disclosure, um, the wife did share lotion with me for my hand in the past couple of uh, days. Thanks for clarifying. And so, yeah, I just want to make that clear. I just want to keep everything on the up, up and up, hands out. And so I have used it, but it wouldn't have helped me, one, in the raking, and as Phil can see, that's still a deep wound. That's a deep, gross wound. And it wouldn't have helped me when I fell against the wall and it's the stupid wall. If we just had normal walls, flat walls that didn't have that bumpy well, why were you stuff so, going on. Why were you so close to the wall? Cause How I'm, narrow are your I wasn't hallways? drinking. I lost my balance coming up the stairs just slightly. So I, it wasn't like I was going to fall, but I fell to the side and I dragged my knuckle across the wall. It, it hurts. <laughs> I question that you 
first start off with the fact that you weren't drinking. Well, there have been a you lot of nights. Let us bring that up. There have been a lot of nights during quarantine where I will admit that I've been indulging in Surleys, but this was not one of them. This sounds like one of these like Netflix murder specials where the story keeps changing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was, I was just, I just, you know, I was. All I gotta say is, Don's watched a lot of film about how to kill your husband. Okay, so this <laughs> might be against me. This might be some type of plot against me. It's like that Cookie Monster Family Guy skit where Cookie Monster's in the in the nut house and uh, Cookie Monster are those uh, are those cookies under your bed? No, no. I... <laughs> are you sure? I mean, uh, Glenn was in here earlier. I, I... <laughs> Cram session is next. Jonathan here with the Score North download. Score North is giving away $1,000 to someone who correctly predicts the first draft pick by the Purple in this week's draft. It's the Draft Day 1K giveaway. Here's how you can win. Download or open the Score North mobile app, register your app, and enter to win in listening rewards and follow the the directions for the Draft Day 1K giveaway. That's all for free on the Score North mobile app that itself is also free. Uh, if you missed it, if you're just joining us, Darren Doogie Wolfson joined us last segment and was talking about whether Trent Williams talks have happened within the Vikings organization, whether they've contacted Washington to talk about a trade, and here's what he said. Yeah, I mean, those are conversations that definitely are happening. I'm convinced they've talked to Washington. The question is, what is Washington looking for? Would the Vikings give up pick 58? Would they give up their second rounder? You know, which is which is healthy compensation, just like I laid out with Anthony Harris. Then you need to pay Trent Williams. So you give up a really good pick for Trent. Then you need to give him a long-term deal. Oh, by the way, he'll be 32 when the season starts. There is an injury history there. So that's a roll of the dice, even though when he's healthy, I think he's as good a left tackle as there is in the game. But he also didn't take a snap last year. Like, where is physically like i don't even know how you make that trade without your team doctors getting their hands on him but yeah i mean the vikings have talked internally and i'm convinced they've actually engaged in dialogue with washington about that possibility yeah. that's been your score download now back to mac and jeff Rami. all right before we get into a cram session here gentlemen let's get to this real quick this xfl news that came out judd you have the story i do indeed from kevin seifert yes it says that uh, now Former XFL commissioner Oliver Luck has sued owner Vince McMahon in federal court, citing wrongful termination after McMahon's decision to shutter the league. According to the complaint filed last week in U.S. District Court in Connecticut, Luck received a termination letter on April 9th, a day before McMahon laid off most of the XFL staff and three days before the league filed for its Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Uh, Luck, who wholly disputes and rejects the allegations set forth in the termination letter and contends they are pretextual and devoid of merit, Per the complaint, and it goes on and gets more legalese after So Andrew that. Luck's uh, dad, dad is suing. suing Vince McMahon. And he was fired. Oliver Luck seems like a very respectable human being. And Vince McMahon, as much as I love the product that he has put out, well, not as much recently, but Vince McMahon mm-hmm. is mostly a scumbag. So, yeah, he's not a good person. But Interesting. It looks like he informed Oliver Luck, the guy that he hired to be the commissioner of his new football league again, that he was being fired um, basically via... U.S. mail or via email or something like that, and it doesn't look like he really called and told him that, hey, we're going to shut the league down. That's amazing. Not surprising. No. Not at all surprising. Do you guys remember when uh, huh. Bob Costas interviewed Vince McMahon for his HBO show? Yes. Loved it. And Vince was like inches away from reaching reaching out and wringing Bob Costas's neck. And Costas didn't back down one bit. Not even a little bit. It was fantastic television. Well, good luck to... The Luck family recouping but that I guess, money. But I guess if you go to work 
for Vince McMahon, though, you should know what you're getting as well. So, like, you can't be totally surprised, yeah, right? for sure. I mean, if the guy's a scumbag, then you shouldn't be like, I thought you were going to run a really professional operation here, and I can't believe I've been fired because you basically said, yeah, this isn't going to work for right. financial reasons. Should we do some cram session here, gentlemen? Let's go. All right, let's fire this up. Who's the winner? Some may say none of them. But let the games begin. Three questions, one winner. It's Cram Session with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. All right. Jonathan Harrison is the judge who asks us three questions and then awards a point for each question based on who answers it the best or based on whatever factors Judge Jonathan wants. So far this season, thanks to our statistician Marcus, who keeps track of every show, Judd Zolgad with seven victories on the year, Rami with five, and myself, Phil Mackey, with three. All-time win-loss, Judd, 27 wins, Rami, 21, and myself with 19. So what do you got for us today, Judge Jonathan? All right, so we'll go off what was much of the conversation yesterday and uh, our conversation about the last dance. Bringing back Extend to Vic Day Today. Boys, your choices are your roommates, I guess, that you're extending, evicting, or day-to-day. Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Phil Jackson. This is actually really easy for me. Like, me too. Just instant answer. And me I, too. I think okay. Rami and I are probably going to be similar okay. in this, but I am extending Phil Jackson because it's quarantine. Yep. I need someone who's very understanding, very empathetic, and somebody who is also very are, meditative. Are we getting very encouraging? Are we get, getting the Phil Jackson from the last dance years, or are we going to get the guy that just ran the Knicks and helped run them right into the ground? He's the same. No, he's the same guy. He's very zen. He's meditative. Okay. Yeah, slightly lost it though. That's fine. He's just going to he go might have lost his I mean, basketball Knicks. touch. Do we really care that much? But he's every bit the. I care about the type of zen person I'm stuck with. Oh. Yeah, I, I want someone on top of their game. Dude, he is. <laughs> he is the Zen master, and. Uh, I'm going to have him as my roommate okay. during this quarantine. All right, stand. Scotty Pippen seems like a pretty mellow guy for the most part. In fact, so mellow that he was able to get walked over for seven years with one of the worst <laughs> contracts in NBA history. And so, wow. in terms of finances, in terms of finances, get him to pick up most of the rent. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Like you, you can get Scotty to buy the groceries. <laughs> what? Where did this turn into such a mean spirited game? Just saying. And then I'm evicting Michael Jordan because I don't need too someone much. all up in my grill twenty four seven when I'm trying to hang out during quarantine. It's way too much. I, I have the same as Phil with slightly different reasons. Like he said, Phil Jackson is very understanding to the point that he he said he understood why Scotty waited the whole summer to get his foot injury to get his foot surgery done, and he felt like that was the only way he was going to get the best out of Scotty Pippen. I feel like Phil would would. Let me have the living room more times than not and the TV just because he knows that's how he's going to get the best out of me. You know, and that's what Phil Jackson is all about. Scottie Pippen, like like Phil said, I can, he's probably a bit of a pushover. And you know what? The first day Scotty moves in, I'm inviting Charles Oakley around just to slap him around a little bit and and, and remind him I, I, remind him whose apartment just to remind him whose apartment this is. Damn it! And then Michael Jordan is just too much, man. It's great for sports. It's great for winning. It's great for the business world. But as a roommate. 
No, man, that guy is not going to relent. That guy is not going to relent. Not one bit of space, not one bit of pro- nothing. He won't relent anything. Michael Jordan would be too much to live with. So I'm I'm extending Phil Jackson. I'm evicting uh, Michael Jordan, and Scotty is day-to-day with Charles Oakley coming over to slap him around. Well, 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 look who can't take the alpha, huh? <laughs> look who can't live with the alpha. I could not disagree more. I am going to extend MJ, and here's why. Did you see that drink by him the entire time on Sunday? Michael Jordan and I, well, first of all, he's, he's, he's going to be gone at the casino constantly. But when he's not, we're going to sit around and he's going to tell me exactly where all the bodies are buried. He's going to tell me about his greatness. And if he gets in my grill, that's fine. I'm 50. I'll chuckle. I'll be like, dude, that's awesome. You're in my grill. You're Michael Jordan. This is so cool. Now, give me another drink. So my day-to-day is uh, Phil Jackson. I'm a little bit concerned about this because, you know, the guy that coached the Bulls was a genius. The guy that ran the Knicks became aloof. And I think as you age, the Zen becomes zaniness, not Zen. So I'm a little bit concerned. But you know what? Jordan likes him. In fact, he's the guy that I'll sick Jordan or I'll sick Jordan on Jackson. I'll be like, Michael, don't get in my grill. Go get in Phil's grill and turn Phil around. And then... I'm evicting Pippen. Both you guys said it. He's not an alpha. This is a house of alphas. This is a house of Dude, cool people. Dude, that's going to get tiresome real Scotty, quick in quarantine. Scotty, you know what I don't need? I don't need your bad contract and your bad attitude. And, you know, every time you don't like something, you're going to get surgery. Nah, I'm extending Jordan day-to-day with Phil Jackson. And I'll see you later, Scotty Pippen. Here's how great Phil Jackson is, okay? Just one more case for Phil Jackson. They just showed a clip I saw on social media last night previewing the next couple episodes of The Last Dance, and it's going to center around Dennis Rodman. So Dennis Rodman is going to be like the main feature of at least one of the next two episodes. Dennis Rodman, in the middle of the 1997-98 season, went to Michael Jordan and Phil Jackson and said, guys, I need a vacation. In the middle of the season, I need a vacation. (laughs) And Phil Jackson was like, well... How long do you need? He goes, I mean, just like as long as you'll give me. I just need to, I need to, I need to get to Vegas. And what's the Jordan line? They gave him like 48 hours. But Jordan's line is, he ain't come back in 48 no. hours. <laughs> it's a great line. <laughs> so Phil, Phil Jackson, I believe, if I remember right, they didn't pay this off in the tease. I think he green lit a trip to Vegas for Dennis Rodman <laughs> to go did. blow off some I remember speed, that. You know? I remember Think that. about that. I like, can't, if, I can't wait. if you decide that you just, you're too cooped up and you got to get out, he's not going to put the stop sign on it. Phil Jackson will let you live your life. Yeah, as I a know. That, that's why I've got him in my house. Uh, my list is the same exact list as Judd's. I want MJ. One, for the drink, but two, if things go south with the rest of society and I have to compete for everything, I want the ultimate competitor, and that's MJ. And then <laughs> You're if, under the impression MJ will look out for you. MJ, he won't MJ, know. He'll look out for the house. MJ will slit your throat to make sure he has enough food to eat <laughs> in, in the, the afterworld. That's right? all I care about. Jonathan, he, will, he, will, he will cut you. And I'll have great whiskey or whatever he's drinking <laughs> oh, the entire time. Top, everything will be top notch. Yeah, it'll be great. So, so Judd, you're winning the point. The point. Yep. Yeah. Ridiculous. Terrible choice. Okay. I think you Whatever. did a great job, Jonathan. <laughs> Whatever. And you know what? Go soccer. I can't wait till soccer gets back. <laughs> All Whatever. right. So the Saints draft day trade where they gave away an entire draft and then the next one in three for Ricky Williams popped up in the timeline yesterday. Outside of that trade, what is the draft day trade that left you questioning just what the heck the GM was thinking? Just give me the points, man. It's Mitch Trubisky. You gave up the third pick, the 67th pick, and the 111th pick, as well as a 2018 third round pick to move up one spot? 
to move up one spot to get a quarterback nobody was looking for? You let John Lynch take your damn lunch, man? You let John Lynch convince you that there was somebody who was going to move up to number two and take Mitchell Trubisky before you. I remember we were doing a draft show from a bar slash restaurant at my former station down in Milwaukee. I wasn't working the draft show. I had just gotten off the air and decided I'll stick around and eat some chicken tenders and drink some alcohol and take in the draft with my coworkers and losing my damn mind. And you don't have to believe me if you don't want to, but I remember saying Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in this draft. You could have moved back and got him instead of moving up and giving up all that to get Mitchell Trubisky. It's a travesty. It was that day, and it's even more so today. It's Mitchell Trubisky. Just give me the damn points. So, Phil and Judd don't need to answer. So on that day, you like when they that made that day, trade, you thought, yes. okay. I've got my answer. I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to back off here. Despite the fact that Rami, your team is completely completely incompetent and full of just idiots. I'm going to Thanks, give you Jim. I'm going to give you a draft I covered, Jonathan, because this was one where where you looked at it at the moment and said, you just did that with that team. And it's the team that becomes important, okay? In 2013, the Vikings have drafted um, Ro- Floyd and Rhodes, right? Mm-hmm. And Rick Spielman is at the podium in Winter Park doing his press conference. First round press. Got my defensive guys. And a Vikings PR person comes up, runs up to Rick and says something. And Rick Spielman takes off, leaves the podium, runs, literally runs out of the room to get on the phone with a team that was calling. And that team was the New England Patriots. The New England Patriots were asking for picks 52, 83, 102, and 229 so the Vikings could get the 29th pick in the first round of that draft to take another first-rounder, and that was Cordero Patterson. Now, need I remind you, at re- recent history at that point was that the Minnesota Vikings in 2010 with the same guy taking the phone call, Rick Spielman, had traded for Randy Moss with Bill Belichick. Wow. So you did it again. You, of course, got in Patterson a project. You traded away four draft picks. I did research today on those four draft picks. Linebacker Jamie Collins, quarterback Logan Ryan, wide receiver Josh Josh Boyce, and running back LeGarrette Blount, who was acquired in a trade of a draft pick the Vikings had sent the Patriots. Um, that was three key starters. Three of those four were key starters on the Super Bowl champion Patriots in February 2015. You get burned once, you know what happens. You get burned twice, you an idiot. <laughs> That's mine. <laughs> I honestly cannot top either one of those answers. <laughs> I am not even going to try. I have during that question, I have just been prepping for the third question. Okay. Oh, did which, you start prepping? Listen, I as soon as Rami answered, I can't win the point, but I have a head start on the third question. So <laughs> I'm going to I got a really good pick. Eliminate <clears throat> myself from contention. Where I don't like the Cordero Patterson trade, trading that much capital for a guy who just didn't end up working out for you and making it with the Patriots once again, I am going to give the point to Rami despite how cocky he got in the email when I sent these questions to you guys. I was cocky for a reason because mm-hmm. I knew I had the That's best That's the answer. second time he's done that to you, by the way, in the yeah. last two weeks. And you rolled session. over. No, because I, when I call my shot, I call my shot because I, I have confidence in what I'm doing, and I have confidence for good reason, gentlemen. Well, okay. he's not even paying attention. He's just texting on his phone right no, now. No, I'm looking. I took a picture of my thing for the next question, mm-hmm. and so I wanted to have it up. You did what? I'm going to cut that in a very specific spot. Thank you. I don't even know if you need to. I think you just run the whole clip. (laughs) All right, so for my third question, Phil, can you hit line six here? Sure. 
We have a mystery guest. We have a mystery guest and a mystery judge because this question deserves the guy who should answer it. Give me your best three-round mock. You can trade if you want. I sent you guys the link, and I sent you guys the settings. And now the judge for this question is one, Matthew Collar. Wow. Wow. Whoa, I think you got Spielman. I want to mock. Mock. I want to mock. Mock. Wow. I want to All right, Matthew Collar, welcome to the show. Football, fellas, don't mess this up. <laughs> Just so you know, I ran not one but two mock drafts. Are you guys doing these the Sims on Pro Football Focus right now? Yep. Okay. Well, I'm done. I did mine. Yeah, I got mine right now. This afternoon. Yeah, I did it earlier today. Okay. That's what I was taking. Right. Who wants to start? Jonathan, tee it up. Who goes first? I guess I go first. We just go through, go just go through all of them. I guess I okay. go first. All right, my mock. Explain yourself. My mock draft, which got a PFF grade of 75.9 when it was all said and done. <laughs> Overachiever. So I get to number 22. And oh my God, and listen, Spielman wouldn't have the uh, intestinal fortitude to do this, but oh my God, Justin Herbert was still there. At 22, what the hell is going on? I thought he was supposed to go like sixth. I took him. At 25, I need to fill in the cornerback position. I took A.J. Terrell. At 58, and I don't understand what PFF was doing, but man, were they leaving me some gems. Tackle Ezra Cleveland was still what? there at 58. And Ezra Cleveland is very much one of the most football-sounding names in Ezra the draft. Ezra Cleveland. Football. You have to take it. At 89, my first third-round pick, I nabbed a wide receiver, because, of course, you can do that in the third round. Welcome to Minneapolis, Minnesota, John Hightower. I hope you like Egan. And at number 105, I picked a defensive tackle. Bravian Roy is my 105 pick. All of those get a combined PFF grade, again, of 75.9. 75.9 is a pretty good score, right? Collar, is that a pretty good score? Yeah, usually they like to hand out lower scores than that. And he probably did well to get a quarterback at 22. But I don't love the Justin Herbert pick here as much as you know, I think it's a good idea to draft a quarterback for down the road. I really don't believe in him. And he might go super high in this draft. And we all might be really, really wrong about this giant man with a very big arm. But I just, I don't see it. And I also uh, don't really love it for the Vikings for him to sit there for a couple of years. I would like somebody that might actually be a little different, be a little more of a running quarterback, say like a Jalen Hurts. Football. What? That's a good, that's a good segue. I also selected Justin Herbert just sitting there randomly at pick number 22. What's going on I don't know. I mean, the guy's just sitting there. So I'm, and to be honest with you, I tried to trade back, but I, I just, like, I screwed up one of the inputs. Too short a time period. And so I didn't want to miss my pick. I didn't want to pull a Mike Tyson company. So Justin Herbert was the pick at 22. And then because it would be super fun to have Antoine Winfield Jr. on the Vikings, he's sitting there at 25. So I got Antoine Winfield Jr. at 25. And then with my next two picks, I can't go away from my strategy that I've been talking about on this show for years, which is go get offensive linemen in the first, second, and third rounds. So uh, I just drafted the guy with the most offensive lineman-sounding name in Ben Barch tackle football from St. John's. That's St. John's, Minnesota, right? Is that that's yes. the Ben Barch, yep. right? Benny yep. Barch. Yep. And then uh, Robert Hunt. I took the guard Robert Hunt from Louisiana mm. with my 89th pick. And then I realized, oh, I should probably get a wide receiver because the Vikings only have like one right now. And so Lynn Bowden Jr., wide receiver from Kentucky, 
with my 105th overall pick, Lynn Bowden Jr. Last year as a, as a junior, he barely played his first couple years at Kentucky. This dude had, let's see here, 1,468 yards rushing and 13 touchdowns, and he caught 30 passes for 348. He appears to be more of a running back than a wide receiver, but he was classified as a wide receiver in this draft, and so therefore, I took him. And my overall grade was a (laughs) (laughs) 48.7. Start off good. I'm fired. Yeah, you're fine. I, I, I like I like most of your draft, but where is the cornerback? Yeah, listen. Okay, I, I don't have time for this type of criticism. Okay, he was taking a that's, smoke break when that came off the <laughs> Yeah, I was taking taking a smoke break. All right, Rami, go. Hmm. I didn't. I, you know what? I heard Judd's and I bailed on the one that I did before and started doing my own. And. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not quite done yet. Um, I'm just... <laughs> Football. <laughs> All right, here we go. I just finished, literally, as I was saying that. So with my first pick at 25, I took a guy. 22. Who, what happened 22, to 22, excuse me. At 22, I took a guy who I've seen multiple draft experts say, this guy is a good fit for the Minnesota Vikings, wide receiver T. Higgins. I got it, number 22. I got. I don't know how Judd got Ezra Cleveland at number fifty-eight. I took him at number twenty-five. I got a bad draft grade for that one, man. I got a thirty-five point five. So apparently that was a reach. I never claimed to be a good mock drafter. Um, I don't know how to say this guy's name who I took at fifty-eight. He's a cornerback, and uh, it's Noah. I'm going to give it a shot. Igbigonier. Um, I don't know. Josh Uchi yeah. at number. Uh, 89, he's a defensive end, and tight end Hunter Bryant at number 105. They gave me a 59.7 grade at PFF mock draft results. So, uh, yeah, Rami, I think you did stretch really far on Ezra Cleveland taking him at 25, but I do like the corner who you might as well just call, like, Agbayani. Okay. Uh, That's not how you say it, but if you remember the old New York Mets outfielder, You'll get, like, in the ballpark. If okay. You say that. <laughs> I'll go with um, that. You know, as much as I'm not a huge fan of uh, Judd selecting Justin Herbert because I just think he checks off all the boxes of guys that get drafted too high and don't work out, I have to go with Judd for drafting um, the best cornerback, which I think is their number one need. So if you're ranked by the needs of corner number one, you've got to win. There it is. Judd Zolgan Congratulations. PFF loves me. You can find more mock draft simming on Purple Daily, 2 to 4 o'clock with Matthew Collar. We'll see you tomorrow for 36 hours of Purple, Matthew. Thank you, fellas. All right. As a guest, that was complete guest panic judge. on my part. I heard, Judd's, I heard Judd going through his draft, and I was like, I got to do better. I'm sweating over here trying to get it done before you guys I came back around I ran a second one, and it got weirder. I, I have no idea why Justin Herbert was there at 22. Yeah. Well, plenty of simming, I'm going to guess, on 36 Hours of Purple, which starts tomorrow at 11 o'clock with on Vent, Score North. Ventline. Ventline out of the game tomorrow, and it'll run all the way through Thursday night, all the way through the first round of the draft. Mackie and Judd with Rami. You can find our podcast on Apple, Spotify, 
and the Score North app. And find our YouTube channel now as well, launched a couple days ago. That reckless draft speculation was powered by Josh Arnold Investments, Judd Zolgad. That's because right now it's time to talk to Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, where you always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice. You can get that straight talk by calling Josh direct at 952-925-5608, or you can listen to Josh right now with the Market Minute. Good afternoon, Josh Arnold. Judd Zelgad, good afternoon. The Dow down 631 points. Two days, the Dow is down 1,200 points. The S&P 500 down 86 points uh, at 2,736. NASDAQ down almost 300 points, closing at 8,263. A lot of selling, a lot of, we'll say, profit-taking, mostly on fears of when the economy is going to restart but a lot of fear on the price of oil being down and the fact that there is way, way too much oil avail- available. Matter of fact, the companies that have the ability to store oil uh, can purchase and get oil delivered to them very, very cheaply. Uh, June oil down at $13 a barrel, a price that hasn't been seen in decades. Now, there are some people that are of the belief that once the economy restarts, the price of oil will shoot back up, and that that shooting back up of the price of oil will be a positive both for any oil companies that are remaining, because bankruptcies in the oil patch uh, will be a plenty in the next next few months. Um, so oil remains one place at this point, and particularly oil, oil and energy stocks that I find uninvestable at at this point in time. I do uh, recommend, as to you and as I have done to my clients, concentrate on the stay-at-home, work-at-home companies. Uh, as they offer, the, in my view, uh, some of the best opportunities in this current market environment and will follow a trend that has been accelerating uh, with the shutdown of the economy. At some point, and I hope sometime soon, we are going to be returning to work, and that could get the economy moving again. In the meantime, the Federal Reserve and the U.S. Treasury are providing enough money and enough liquidity uh, to keep things uh, stable and keep money going. Some positives in the market include uh, the fact that numerous companies have been able to go to the marketplace and raise money, uh, either through stock or bond offerings, uh, to benefit their business. Another positive comes from Netflix, uh, which reported better-than-expected subscriber numbers. That might be, in fact, temporary, uh, but uh, and when I say temporary, that could continue for the next, next few months, but that is a positive for uh, the tech, tech section of the market, as Netflix has been one of the best performers year-to-date. 
I would, however, focus on some of Netflix's competitors, but Netflix is still one of the stay-at-home, work-at-home companies uh, that uh, has been a beneficiary. Other companies in that group, other than Apple and Amazon, Netflix, Roku, Akamai, uh, just to name four, and then we can look at Walmart, Costco, and even Target. If you need more information about this and how it fits with you, don't hesitate to give me a call at the office, 952-925-5608. You'll always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.